Spiritual Living Center in Canada. He is a man with a big vision. We give a warm welcome to our spiritual director, Reverend Patrick Hammond. conversation and I heard this applause so I guess it's time welcome welcome nice to be here it's great to be here isn't it great to be alive yeah that's just a cheer for being alive yeah so it's been we're we're uh, riding the wave of Michael Beckwith uh, this week so it's been a lot of fun it was a great great event I wanted to um, thank our volunteers if anyone here uh, was volunteered for that if you would stand so we can give you a, a round of applause. Let's do that right now. Thank you so much. Yeah. I've, I've, I've shared with a few people that I have been involved with movie premieres. I've been involved with play openings. I've been with a lot of, of, of wonderful events in my life. That was as sweet and as fine an um, experience as I've ever had. It was quite magical to watch everyone come together in that uh, collective service and support of that event. And so I, I just, I was just kind of swimming in the whole thing, observing it. It was quite beautiful and wonderful. And, and, uh, I, and they were quite impressed. We got a very nice email after they, uh, they went to Calgary and then they realized what a sweet town Edmonton is. So. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out on the recording on the podcast. <laughs> We love them in Calgary, too. Actually, we wouldn't have been able to do it if it hadn't been for Reverend Carol Carnes in Calgary. It was really her, uh, her, her relationship with Michael that helped us pull us off. And a lot of other people that have planted seeds along the way. So. Anyway, with that said, what I'd like to invite you to do is uh, we're going to sing a song, say a prayer. And if you'd like to stand and do that, you're welcome. If you'd like to stay seated, please feel comfortable in doing that as well. The words will appear over my shoulder. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through. Our every fear, for spirit, one spirit, it is in this very room, in this very room, in this very So I invite you to know with me in this moment, one life, one power, one infinite divine intelligence, genius, unconditional love, all of those divine qualities and more, available in and through and as each and every one of us. So I invite you, as I open my heart, to open your heart to this awareness, to this possibility, and knowing in that surrender, in that beautiful humility and welcome of this divine experience, the paradox is we are empowered beyond our wildest imagination, giving birth to something that is lovely and potent, creative and free, 
We are here to experience that, to live that, to express that, to share that. To understand that life is great. Life is great. And so I just stand in this absolute repose of gratitude for all the blessings that are in my life. For a mind to think and hands to feel and touch and eyes to see the beauty, the creativity, the possibility to read the words, to be inspired, ears to hear the words, and to be charged with that vibration of the Most High in a powerful, wonderful way, to live a life of intentionality, of possibility, of creativity, and understanding whatever the limitations are in my experience right now, they are not permanent. They are facts in the moment, but facts change all the time. There's not a problem that we have had on this planet as people collectively that we have not overcome. We see it happening everywhere we look. And I give so much thanks and gratitude for knowing that whatever is in my life in a small way is my opportunity to master, to stand with, to observe, to extract the gifts that are within it, whatever it may be, and move forward. For this I give thanks and I release these words knowing everything necessary for each and every one of us to be experienced, realized, expressed, held and felt this day is here now. For this I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun to live an inspired life, isn't it? To listen to Dr. Michael and, and have that experience. And you know the beautiful thing about it was, was the energy of the place. It was, just, it was just amazing to be in that experience. And, and inspiration. Spiritual liberation. Spiritual liberation is, is Dr. Michael expressed in his book. Have you started reading his book yet? It's great. Great stuff. I started reading it about two days ago. Yeah, I was waiting for my free copy. The rest of it. <laughs> Actually, that was not the reason. But, but the way things work out and all the reading I have before me, sometimes I don't get to everything I'd like to read. But he talks about it in the book, and he talked about it, and he shared with us in such a beautiful way. And it was quite an amazing experience to hang out with him as well. But he talked about spiritual liberation. And spiritual liberation, as he said, is to be free from the narrow confines of fear, doubt, worry, and lack. Anybody ever had that experience? Fear, doubt, worry, lack? Yeah, we all have. We've had that. that that's most people's experience. Fear, doubt, worry, lack. And instead... Living from a conscious awareness of one's authentic self, one's true nature of wholeness. Living from a conscious awareness of one's authentic self, one's true nature of wholeness. He talked in his, his lecture about nature. And nature means essential quality. But when he talked about this idea of Longing for an experience. What's the nature of? My teacher used to always say, treat, when you do your affirmative prayer, always uh, affirm for yourself, I am the consciousness of. And the way Michael says it is nature. And I think it's probably a better word because most people can identify with nature rather than consciousness of. But it's the same thing. What is the nature of the thing that we're longing to experience? As he said that when we have a problem, the problem is, is always a question. And the question is there for us to look at and to work with. That's our, our curriculum. That's our opportunity. That's the, way we, that's the way we grow and stretch or not. And so the, to ask the, that question and to understand, hmm, I'm going to ask a question here. What is the nature of financial freedom? What is the nature of, of healthy and wonderful relationships? What is the nature of exciting and dynamic opportunities to create in the world, our careers, what we're doing, the things that we're about? And to live in that freedom 
Because what, what Michael's talking about is the essence of this, to put down the fear, lack, worry, and limitation, or lack, is to live in freedom. And that was what Dr. Holmes said a, a, a long time ago, was that our, it's our divine birthright to live in freedom. So it was wonderful to spend time with him and to watch, to hear him articulate and to break it down for us in a way that only Michael can. Several months ago, actually several years ago, we started talking about this. Who could we bring to Edmonton? Because we are, we are as I said several weeks ago, the, the largest New Thought community in Canada. Woo! Yeah! yeah. And, part of the, and part of the, the opportunity and the challenges there is, that, is to take what we do and to continue. I, I was in Seattle two weeks ago and I came back with the next steps for us, which was beautiful, shared by some of the churches that are about our size or bigger and what the next evolution is for us and, and the shift in culture. And it's very interesting because it, 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 it's just something that we, we know is, it's time now to do this thing. And it won't, it's nothing weird or scary. It's just simply how we continue to grow a, a vibrant, dynamic uh, community that, that li- lets you live an inspired life. And so it's very interesting because we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just say, hey, here's some information you might be able to use. And with Michael as well, I think Michael is a reflection of where we are in consciousness. Because we, we had the idea three or four years ago. I must have had a half a dozen people come up to me and say to me at the event, you know, I was going to bring him to town. I had it all planned out. I was going to bring him. That's great. Yeah. Uh, what am I going to say? Great. I mean, because there's one mind. We all capture that. There's one thing to talk to talk and one to walk to talk. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, you do it or you don't do it. And it's okay, one way or another. But, but it, it, took a, it, it took a collective effort of people. It took consensus. I said to the board, when this came up, I said, look, this is going to be a huge expense. We, it was, we're still waiting to find out. We packed the place. We're still waiting to find out if we made any money. We didn't do it to make money, but we were hoping we'd break even. But we had the place sold out. I mean, you couldn't put another ten bodies in there. But we're still waiting to figure out. Because our expenses were, were, they were substantial. And I said to the board, look, we may lose X amount of dollars on this. Are we in consensus? We're willing to do this. And we got to consensus. And then it wasn't about the money. It was really about the energetic of it. It's about the vibration. It's about the energy, that energy, that evening. And, and, it's, and we still capture it. The reason I think it was such, such a beautiful experience for us is it was just an expansion of what we already know and we already do. So to step into that, see, I think when we step in, when we come here on a Sunday morning and we pray together and we sing together and we open our hearts together, and some of the ideas, some of the words, some of the, it may not even be the words, it may be the consciousness upon the words. We, we're, we're shifted and changed because that's our natural state of being. It's a state of wholeness. We celebrate wholeness. And so it, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to watch, but for, for us to invite Michael is a, is a reflection of where we are in our growth and our evolution to be able to bring things into our lives. And it happened with great... It happened with a great deal of effort, but there was uh, this collective support for it. So it happened with some, some tremendous amount of ease and grace at the end of the day. There were some things that went a little bit sideways for us we, that we know we could do differently, but that's, that's true of any event. And first time out, it was, it was a, a phenomenal success. But Michael talks about spiritual liberation. Free from the narrow confines of fear, doubt, worry, and lack. And living from a conscious awareness of one's authentic self, one's true nature of wholeness. We, uh, we picked, uh, Laura and I had the opportunity, we rented a limo, and we went and picked Michael and Ricky up at the airport. And that was a lot of fun. We sat sideways, the stretch limo was huge. We could have fit the whole section of people over here. <laughs> we yelled back and forth in the limo, how you doing back there? Anyway, and uh, could you believe it, Michael didn't remember my name. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel when I'm standing back there and I don't remember your name. The nerve of that guy, I've been here three times. I was here in 2002, 2003, 2004. He still doesn't remember my name. 
But we had a wonderful visit with him, and we, we took them to dinner that night, and we took them to chapters. He said, I want to go see my book. Oh, great. Okay, we'll go see your book. So we stopped at chapters on White Avenue, and uh, we got out, and we went in, and Laura and Ricky waited in the car. And so we walked around. We found the book, and Michael picked it up, and he was, he's just so present. He's just so beautifully present. The wonderful thing about Michael is he's in such joy. He's having fun all the time. He's giggling and laughing, and he's just so present with everything. So he picked his book up, and he read the back of the jacket. I just stood there watching him. He read the whole thing, and then he looked at me and said, it's not like I haven't read this before. (laughs) And we had a great, we had a really nice visit. And uh, he actually wanted to go to the Palace Casino and pull the handle. And so he said to Laura and I, he said, uh, Drake, he says, you're going to go in there and gamble? He says, I'm not going to use my money. I'm going to use his money. And he points at me. <laughs> I said, great. Come on. I took 20 bucks out. And I put it in the machine. I said, no. He says, but I'll split 50-50 with you. I said, great. So he went in and pushed the button and watched the shiny lights for a while. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. I don't know, three and a half minutes and 20 bucks was gone. And we were out the door. <laughs> So we're in, but we're in chapters, and so then my, we, we found the book, and we, we wandered around. I mean, he's just drinking it all in, right? He's just drinking it all in. And we go down to the desk, and we, he, we went over to the magazine rack, and he was showing me the magazines he likes. And I thought, okay, and he's buying one. I thought, oh, I should buy that too, you know, read that. And we get up to the counter, and this young man says, how'd the event go? And the guy says, uh, uh, and Michael says, uh, well, it's tomorrow night. And I said, yeah, you should come. And he's inviting everybody. Everybody we meet, Michael's inviting to the event and inviting them free with a VIP ticket. <laughs> I'm like, shucks, I should have just hung out and told you I didn't have a ticket and I could have gone for free. Anyway, the young guy said, I, I'm working. But he said, I'd love to get an autographed book. Michael says, oh, we, we take care of that. So we wander back up. He, and he doesn't go anywhere real fast. He kind of just strolls. You know? We go back up, back up the escalator, over to the display. He picks the book up. He reads the jacket one more time. <laughs> Puts it under his arm. We walk back over. He looks at a few other things. We get down there, and, and, and Michael says, Why did, uh, how did you know the event? And he says, well, your poster's upstairs. Michael says, well, where is it? Over by the restrooms over there. We wander back. <laughs> we go back up the escalator. We go over by the bathroom. He grabs the poster. He reads all of it. He says, you know, I want to get one of these. Ricky saves these. And we wander back down, and the young man says, he autographs a book for the young man. It was very sweet. We come out to the limo, and 45 minutes later, Laura says, what were you two doing in there? <laughs> Honey, I'll tell you about it later. But so present, so present, and so joyful. So just, just this, the energetic of joy, you know. Just like the scene from When Harry Met Sally, I'll have what he's having, you know? I want one of those. Free. Man, just the walking demonstration. Free from fear, doubt, worry, and lack. And living from a conscious awareness of one's authentic self. I've started reading this book. It's just been amazing stuff. He talks in here about what the evolved human being does. What the evolved human being does, which I love. Evolved people give thanks for what most people ordinarily take granted for. We can all do that. Spiritual practice, just gratitude. We have patterns of thought, as he says, that develop over the course of a lifetime. Well, we do. And th- we know thought is creative, so how do we break those patterns? How do we step out of that? 
He says, once we become conscious of the patterns we have formed, we can revisit them or make new choices where we feel necessary, or as a practice to keep ourselves flexible, or simply to consciously exercise our power of choice. Our, our practice is about uh, flexibility and joy. And being around Michael is like, there's nothing to sweat here. All is good, all is well. You know, he just walks in and he does his thing. And, and, but, but he's been at it 28, he's been in ministry 28 years. And, he's, and he continues to grow, continues to deepen. He explains it in the, in the 80s in this book, pages 80 through 90 there. He explains the shaman experience he had in Africa. And the things that have happened in his life. But all of us have the oracles in our lives, if we're listening and paying attention. But most of us are so stuck in the fear and the worry and the doubt and the lack, we don't see it when it shows up. You know, the bus, the bus pulls up to pick us up, and we got our head down, looking. You know, and then we look back up, the bus is gone. Dr. Bitzer used to say opportunities show up every five minutes. Opportunity does not knock once. Even Dr. Uh, or Michael talked about that. Opportunities don't knock once. Unless it is our belief, our embodied belief, they do. <sighs> you know, I, I, it's just it, it, it's fascinating to be around and to watch. I watched, I was, in a, uh, I was sent a clip from TED. TED.com, T-E-D, Technology Education Design. And it's a wonderful, wonderful website. And it's the leading thinkers and movers and shakers that are shaping our society. And uh, Jill Bolte-Taylor, we, sh we showed her clip from that. She was the lady that had the neuroanatomist that had the, uh, the, stroke, the Stroke of Insight book that she wrote. We showed her clip. I used it for a talk one day. Anyway, from TED, there's a was sent to me a, a, a video of a man by the name of David Logan. And David Logan is a teacher at the uh, University of Southern California. He's also an advisor for uh, corporate it goes out and works with corporations on leadership. And he, he came up with a formula that he talks about we all belong to tribes. And tribes are 20 to 150 people, but we all belong to tribes. And he laid out, he sketched out in a very simple way, the tribes. There's five of them. And so what I think what is a nice tie-in is for how we all line up in tribes and what Dr. Michael, where Michael was talking about. I'm so used to call him Reverend and Doctor, but he, he goes by Michael now, which I like that. Because he just realizes his ministry is worldwide. But the first stage in tribe is life sucks. Life sucks. And he said that 2% of the population lives in life sucks. And they, are, they, are, they systematically disengage from life. And then they find a group. So typically where you'll find them in life sucks is they'll find them in prisons and gangs. The next stage up is my life sucks. Which is progress. That's very interesting. <laughs> it is. It's progress. Love you guys. You have such a joyful sense of humor. <laughs> so we go from life sucks. It's, a, it's the terrorist. It's the guy with the... He shows a picture of one in his presentation. The guy's got the two pistols and the hat on backwards and life sucks. And he's the, the young man that went out and killed all the people in the university of... Uh, one of the universities in the United States. Some random violence. And we see it occasionally pop up. But that's, that's a tribe. The next tribe is my life sucks, which means that... And there was a man who eventually became the, the mayor of, uh, and I want to get his name right, became the mayor of San Francisco, Frank Jordan. But my life sucks is that all of a sudden he was in, life sucks, and he joined, he walked in one day to a boys and girls club. And in the boys and girls club, he realized there's a boxing club that he could participate in. He talks about this as his evolution. See, and it's all an evolution of consciousness. And so all of a sudden, my life sucks, my is the key here. You start to take a little bit of responsibility. It's not such a general disregard and a disdain and a cynicism for life sucks, but my life sucks. 
And I realized that, you know what, if I could become part of the boxing team, I'd have something to do. I could pour my frustration and anger and energy into that. And so that's the, the second stage, which is about 25% of the population. 2% in life sucks, 25% in my life sucks. The next stage is, I'm great. And you're not. <laughs> I'm great, you're not. I'm great and you're not. 48% of the population live in. 48%. Third tribe. And what it looks like, he uses the example, three doctors on an elevator. And one first doctor says, you know, I just had my article published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And the other doctor says, ha, that's nothing. He said, I've performed more surgeries here in the last quarter than any doctor's ever done before. And the third doctor says, well, while you two were, while you writing an article and you were performing surgeries, I was leading the intern program here. And it was phenomenally successful. And all the measurements were just over the top. The elevator stops, the door opens, and all three of them walk out and they head in different directions. That's, I'm great, you're not. Have you ever gone to a hockey game here? An Oilers game? When they win, everybody's jumping up and hollering and hooting and high-fiving, complete strangers hugging each other. It's like, you know, the second coming for most people. Anyway. <laughs> and if you watched the game last night, it wasn't the second coming. <laughs> but the point being is that's that... That's that idea that identification with a certain event, and the reason we feel good about it is because our team won. We're great. They're not. I mean, it, it's just part of the culture. It's not a bad thing. It's just, I, think these, I think these categories are interesting to note, and I'll tie it together for you at the end. So that's stage three, 48%. Almost half the population lives in that. I'm great, and you're not. That's competition. The next stage is called we're great. We're great. And typically it's found in unique situations with a group of people and they've got, something they, they've got something that's really unique and wonderful. He uses an example of a company in Silicon Valley in California and they've got this, this lobby that's all um, dressed up in their own unique and wonderful way, very creative. They've got a little information booth there. It looks like something out of the Peanuts comics with a little t sign you know, that, uh, that Lucy would always sit at when Charlie would have a question. And they've got all this fun stuff and they're kind of quirky and they're kind of different but they're very creative and they're very supportive and we're great. And they encourage that. They encourage that thinking outside the box and being uh, wonderful and powerful. And so it's a very interesting dynamic. And then there's the fifth stage. So that's we're great, the fifth stage. And, and in we're great, going back to fourth, we're great, there's 22% of the population. In. At the level of uh, the, the, the last stage, stage five, is life's great. 2%. 2% are in life sucks, 2% in life's great, and the rest of us are in the middle somewhere. And so life's great is what, was what Michael was talking about. Life's great is what Michael, and if you read his book, it's all about life is great and living that. And so what we know about tribes is it's impossible to, to move from up or down. We can only move up or down one level at a time. In other words, if you're in, when I first came to this teaching, I came because I was in so much pain. My life didn't work. And my feeling was my life sucks. I was connected to people, I was connected to a group, and I wanted to, some joy, I wanted some happiness, I wanted to have some freedom in my life. All those ideas that were just ideas for me because I hadn't experienced much of it, I hadn't owned much of it in my heart. So I found this, this teaching that, that supported this idea that as we change at that molecular level that Dr. Michael was talking about, as we open ourselves up spiritually to a different idea, it's not about getting, as he said, it's about letting. Because it's already there. For all of us, it's, we're already awakened. We're already enlightened. We may not be awakened, but that's the journey for us. And so, so I moved from my life sucks into I'm great and you're not. 
Because I started demonstrating things. I started having things. I started being able to get up on Sundays and say, you know, I didn't, you know, this, this happened for me and this happened for me. And that was wonderful. That's part of the journey. I needed to move into that tribe. And then I realized, I went to Agape and I saw, I saw Michael do his thing with Ricky and I said, you know, if I ever do spiritual community, I shared a bit of that on Wednesday. That's, that's, that's the possibility. And why? Because it was just so collectively alive. I just, that, that energetic of it was just so, so rich and so alluring. And I realized, you know what, that's, I want some of that. Never thought it would come to Canada to have some of that, but, but you never know. My teacher used to say, well, you walk through the door that opens. I said, yes. So I had to surrender to that because I had a certain way it had to look. And if it was going to be inconvenient, I wasn't going to do it. So, so it happens many times. We do, the, we do the affirmative prayer and then all of a sudden the opportunity shows up. We said, no, that's not it. No, not doing it. I have to move to Edmonton to do that? Uh-uh, not going there. <laughs> well, we do that sometimes. We forget. And Michael talks about this whole process in here about deconstruction, reconstruction, being created again, being born again, letting it dissolve. The nature. What is the nature of it? What is the nature of living a world-class life? What is the nature of being a best-selling author? What is the nature of being a world-class communicator? What is the nature of being an extraordinary father, stepfather, stepmother, mother, grandparent? What is the nature of that? And as he said, the wonderful thing about that is we ask that question, it will be revealed to us. And that has been my experience in a language and in a way and in a time and a situation where you will understand it. That's the way spirit works. It's just the way it works. But we're so, sometimes, my experience has been sometimes I'm so caught up in the fear, lack, worry, limitation, I can't hear it. And that's, this whole book, his whole book is about spiritual practice. His whole life is about spiritual practice. He's on fire with it. This is a, a man is a walking example of what we teach. He, is, he has taken the evolution of our, our movement. Our movement used to be come in and get, get from my life sucks to I'm great and you're not. I mean, there really was a stopping point for many of our communities. And I realized for us as, a, as, a lar- as the largest community in Canada and, and for us to continue to grow and move forward in ways that are meaningful and powerful and in alignment with the highest and best, then we have to move into not only we're great, I think there's many things we do here that are extraordinarily uh, good, and we strive for excellence in everything we do. The way we do our music, the way we do our, 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 our talks, we're, we're, we're in that conversation. In Jim Collins' Good to Great, he said, great organizations can sit down and argue with one another. Because that, uh, that allows that conversation to be alive and, and, and rich and wonderful. And it, it propels all of us forward. I just think that it serves no one to play small. When I brought this idea to our board, said, look, we could lose forty, fifty thousand dollars doing this. What do you think, guys? And they all looked around and they, they said, let's do it. We knew energetically it was a thing for us to do. But, but there's not, you don't want to play big? Stay home. And I knew that if we can't prove this, see, our teaching is provable. And if you show up in the world and say, I'm great and you're not, that's not our teaching. That's, that's a phase of, of being in a tribe, a certain tribe. And I know that going from that to we're great to life is great. That's what Michael lives. Life is great. And he talks about it in his book. We're all here to have that experience and to express it. You know that there's never been a problem. I said it in my opening show. There's never been a problem that we have had as a collective group on this planet that we have not solved. Never. That's the genius that is waiting for emergence. Michael says you don't need to have an emergency to have emergence. You can have emergence through love. But many times we get to the emergency before we'll allow the emergence. But first of all, we have to, to shut off some of the pain, some of the distress and the discord that's going on for us. 
emergence. Not getting, but letting. And it's, it, it is that, that inside out that he talks about. It's so powerful and beautiful and wonderful. But we get, sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes the pain stops for us. Sometimes we're, not, we're no longer in pain. And so we just say, this is great. I'll hang out here for a while. Because I'm great finally. You should see my cousin. He's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? To continue to shift and grow, to continue, it's a lifelong, it's an eternal journey. There's no destination, there's no end in sight. That's the great news. Once we understand what we're here, we're here about, and the learning that's important for us, and the, the distress and the discord and the obstacles that show up in our lives, to realize this is my opportunity to master this. I have everything within me to master this. What's the nature of success around this? What's the nature of success around bringing Michael Beckwith to town and actually not only sharing that information, that energetic with people, but also continuing to, to do it well and to do it financially well, to be, to be solvent in every area, to be in integrity with it, you know, and, and to spare no expense. We thought we bought enough food for the VIP. Uh, we ordered a third more food for the VIP uh, reception. We still ran out of food, so you guys are really hungry as far as I know, so next time we'll, we'll double it. But I'm just saying, we really wanted it. Everywhere we look, let's just do this with excellence. Let's treat them and, and welcome them and love them up. Because that's an extension of excellence and what we stand for. Love beauty. That's what he calls God. Love beauty. I like that. And creativity. I was sharing with him Daniel Pink's book. I said, you've got to read this book, Michael. It's about the six sensibilities and where we're going. And it's about empathy. It's about story. It's about creativity. He goes, that's exactly what we teach. That's why we're here. We express these things. And he's just on fire with the ideas and and, and all the possibilities. So what we know about tribes is we're in the process, the celebration of moving from tribe to tribe. And so I spent a lot of my time in, I'm great, you're not. What I'm being called to do is continue to shift more and more into we're great. Because my sense of connection with community, the thing I love about community, the thing I love about Agape is they're on fire with this. They're making a difference in the world. We're making a difference in the world. We'll continue to do that. We'll continue to call forth the qualities, the nature of. What's the nature of this? Why, have, why be in community? It's, it's for our own individual expression and emergence as well as the collective emergence of this, this teaching. And we don't care if people agree with us or not. Because not everybody's going to agree with us. It doesn't matter. We don't even have to worry about it. Well, you guys are crazy. Yeah, thanks for sharing. <laughs> we love you. And when, and when you understand that, you can understand. They're in the 48%. I'm great, you guys aren't. We can just bless them. It's okay. I've been there. I understand what that's like. I'd rather have them there than life sucks. But to move into that consciousness and to embody it and say, we're great, and then to life is great. Life is great. All the things that have shown up on this planet. They were shown 50 years ago, polio. Polio, they were concerned polio was going to devastate the planet. Jonas Salk went to work, called forth that genius, developed it, did the work, gave the vaccine away. Gave the vaccine away. Could have been a multi-millionaire. He gave it away. I was watching a show yesterday called uh, Company in the United States. Innovative, uh, I'm going to say Innovative Solutions, but it isn't. That's not the name of it. I'll bring it back because I'm going to use a bit of it next week. Ventures. Ventures, thank you. You saw it too. It was on 2020. Amazing, amazing this guy. They say they take the biggest problems in the world. Global warming. Hurricanes. And they have come up with theoretical solutions for this stuff that is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Because they're possibility thinkers. We don't have to roll it out and try it. Everything we've brought into our lives, including global warming, we're here to master and to solve. 
And for a long time, I bought into the idea it's too late. Even Michael referred to it then. It's too late. Is it? Is it too late? Because what I know is spirit's eternal. If we mess this all up and destroy the planet, we'll create it again. It might take us billions and billions and billions of years. But I know that in this form, it is our greatest possibility to continue to evolve. But I don't think we'll do that. I think the genius will emerge. I think the collective compassion and the genius and the caring that we're all about will continue to show up. But phenomenal stuff going on. These guys say, we take, they, they have got, they figured out how to identify this company. They have figured out how to identify the female mosquito that carries the malaria. And how to, through the, uh, the Star Wars technology, zap it with a laser. I mean, he said, you know, we just take the biggest problems, we figure out how to do this. Because malaria is just, is dev devastates, especially in the third world countries. Like, what an idea. There's no problem. He said, we don't tackle here. This guy used to be one of Bill Gates' main people. But just phenomenal stuff to watch the genius emerge. This is what Michael's talking about. Well, all of us, you're a genius. But if we don't contemplate it, say, no, it's not possible. It'll never happen. It never will happen. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so people that, that want to put a label on you as a, as a free thinker and as a creative thinker and a possibility thinker, bless them. Tie them back to the universe. Thanks so much. I was talking to a, a young man that just took over a church in the United States, and we're very similar. He's, a, he's been a contractor his whole life, and he just took over a, a church down in the States, and he said it was really hard because his dad came. We have a very similar background. He said his, my, his dad came to see him do his first talk. And his dad just shook his head and said, What are you doing with this goofy religion? You need to get back to the real church. And, and who do you think you are? And on and on and on. And he was telling me about it. Break your heart. Break your heart. One of the biggest shifts and changes in my life was when I just put that down. The, the good opinions of my mom and dad about what I was called to do. Especially with the spiritual work. And to bless him and love him. Finally, one day, my mother came up to me and she said, I just kept loving her. She said, they're lucky to have you. I said, thanks, Mom. It's the nicest thing my mother's ever said to me. They're lucky to have you. I said, thanks, Mom. She's still hoping I'm a priest one day. But... <laughs> Everybody's got to have something they want. You know what I mean? Keep her going. But... Part of the practice is to understand where people are coming from and love them anyway and just put it aside. Is that going to move us further? Are those the qualities? I'm in, I've got relationships going. I'm, I'm in the same process as you are with people from my, my history and past that I want to make it different, but it is what it is. And I've been praying on it and praying on it. And the answer I've gotten is just love what is. You can't fix it. You can't change them. I wish it were different for them, but it's not. And, and just love what is and accept it. That's the healing. That's the healing. It's not the cure. It's the healing. Most of us want the cure. No, it's got to be perfect. It's got to line up. They've got to like me and love me, care for me. Might not happen. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's how you are in relationship with yourself. So this is our work. This is our work. You know, we can share these ideas. You read Michael's book. If you've got that book, it's such a beautiful gem about what evolved human beings do. The evolution of our, our, our spirit. We're called to this collectively and individually. And it's so beautiful. When you shine, we all shine. Life is great. When we know where we are in our tribe, we can move up. We can start to move up. That's what I love about the Enneagram. You know, the Enneagram, it's a, it's, a, it's a typing. There's nine different personality types. And it's based on ancient wisdom. The Sufis developed it. 
The Enneagram, I love it because I know when I'm, I'm operating in my healthy Enneagram. What are the qualities of it? Michael talked about that, the qualities of healthy living. Because there's ways we all go sideways with our with propensity. It's personality types. And you read it, and it's just like, wow. Wow, this is amazing stuff. And there, there I am when I'm in my, my, uh, my lesson healthy. And then I can step back when you have the awareness. And the idea behind all of this is the integration of all of them. So that we integrate all nine. That's the goal. That's the wholeness. That's living in that essential self. It's not you and I. Because to live in that and look at somebody and say, well, I'm, I'm this and they're that, is once again to say, I'm great and you're not. But to realize it's the integration of all of it, that life is great. We have this opportunity to, to carry this wave of consciousness, this wave of energy that was such a beautiful recognition for us when Dr. Michael came to town. For us to recognize, that, yeah, that's it. That's why we come together. That's why we celebrate. See, we do spirituality here. I think we do spiritual theater. That's what Michael does. He doesn't do church. We don't do church. I don't want to. Do you guys want to go to church? I don't want to go to church. Oh, heck no. I want to, I want to celebrate in the creativity. That's why we have the music. We do the affirmative prayer. Reverend Connie was telling me the other day she did a memorial service to someone. And she closed her eyes to do an affirmative prayer, which is always spontaneous. It comes from our heart. This woman walked up to her afterwards and said, how did you remember all those words? <laughs> Your eyes were closed the whole time. You weren't reading anything. It's the creativity. It's trusting. It's standing up. So I think we have, we have a wonderful teaching. We have a wonderful community. We don't have to be in competition with anyone. We don't have to look out in the world and see what other people are doing and say, we're great and they're not. We can, and we do many times, but we can also say that, you know what, let's continue to, to, to nurture and develop the genius and the greatness that's here so that we can live and stand together proudly and wonderfully and celebrate everyone's awakening moment by moment, day by day, in a way that says life is great. Blessings. Love you!